A Hero's Journey is, by its nature, a podcast filled with spoilers. We recommend reading the book beforehand and then diving into the episode, but proceed at your own risk. Hi, and welcome to A Hero's Journey a literary podcast. I'm your host and judge Jack and I'm here with my soporific seniors. This is Alex and I'm Zach. Each week we look at a different book through Joseph Campbell's monomyth. This week we're discussing The Last Graduate by Naomi Novik, the sequel to A Deadly Education. This book again follows Elle during now her senior year at the School of Mance as she tries to figure out how to get home. The book goes in several phases, but mainly focuses on how Elle and her teammates, her alliance, work together first to try and get through, uh, get through the gym so they can simulate getting through the graduation room, but eventually expands with her seeking now to save the entire school. She and her allies come up with a plan to lure all of the mouths in the world through the portal into the school and have all of the children leave, then send the, the scholomance itself into the void to help save children and give them a more normal life from now on. The plan works fairly successfully, getting most of the students out uh, with just Orion and Glot, with just Orion and L left in the school. Patience, one of the maw mouths, has now dev devoured Fortitude, the other maw mouth who stood at the gate of the school, and they break into the room. And we get a book that just doesn't fucking have an ending. <laughs> fearing, yeah, fearing that this new formed maw mouth would be able to break through the portal into the onto Earth before they are able to destroy the portal, Orion forces Galadriel out of the school immense, and we fade to black. Awkwardly wandering all the way up to the library while thinking we should be on the base level, we come to our departure. So Jack's right. And our first step here is uh, Galadriel getting her homeroom slip and going up to the first floor and seeing that she's in a classroom full of freshmen. The reason this is a call to adventure is because she quickly realizes that she's going to have to do a lot of uh, heroics to save them. And that's really her journey here. To save the Scholomance in, in spirit, of course, the Scholomance being the people in it, as I always refer to, <laughs> large conglomerate, large groups of people. Um, and our refusal of the call is Galadriel thinking only of herself, thinking only that she'll have time to look after herself and train for graduation, and not really thinking about the freshmen in her homeroom or the other students around the school with her. For a meeting of the mentor, I think there are a lot of different people we could look to. Um, her alliance, though, together, I think is a, a good group to look at. So this would be Adea, Lou, and Chloe. All of these help her uh, in different ways to think about how she might expand her view of who to save. They introduce her to the family members and stories about loved ones being lost to malfeasance and also the enclaves and how uh, and how other people could work together to save 
everyone. And Chloe specifically gives a very nice gift of the power sharer to Galadriel, which helps her throughout the year not have to conserve her mana like she has in the past. For crossing the threshold, we have Orion telling Elle that Mal are only really attacking her and the group. This signals to her that she needs to do something different. The Skolomance is directly targeting her, and something needs to change. And for our belly of the whale, we have the midterms. This is the last semester of Galadriel's education in the Skolomance. And um, during this, she's pushed very hard, and she's figuring out that she has to save a lot of people. The freshmen are specifically being attacked many times around her, including people who are in the room even next to her. And this is where she really changes her mind and starts thinking about not just herself, but also recognizes that she has to, has to help the freshmen in her homeroom who are really struggling with uh, these mal attacks. All right. So I think saving the school in spirit, yes, people inside of it, sure. It's what she achieves, whether or not she knows it until quite some time into the journey, but we've had that before. So moving to our call to adventure, the fact that her homeroom slip is unusual is enough different than her normal day-to-day. Like the point that when she finally tells other people about it, they pretty much go, what'd you do? Like, why? That's Are you going for valedictorian sort of thing? When really it's just the school, quote unquote, out to get her, quote unquote, really out to teach her a lesson. I don't think I have a problem with the call. The problem with the refusal, though, I don't think it can be a refusal if she doesn't know that that's the journey yet. I have no problem with the journey morphing over time, but I think it's slightly disingenuous to say she's refusing the journey by being on the journey she thinks she's on. I have to disagree. I think the school, right? We don't, we don't, we the reader don't find out for certain until later, but the school, this is the school's first act of saying, your job is to save everyone. And the first thought that runs through her head is, I could leave all of these freshmen for dead. And then she turns around and saves them. Right. But I think, I think actually letting a couple of them die would have been a refusal. So there is the instance where she's sitting there, like doesn't tell anyone. There's one student who approaches her and says, like talks to her. And then she points out like, hey, this is a good place to sit. This is a bad place to sit to that student. She doesn't help the other freshmen. It's not until later where she starts actually reaching out to the freshmen. It takes time for her to decide to help them. Even when Elle walked in that room for the first time, she thought, I could leave the freshmen for dead or I could save them. So she recognizes that there are two options for her. She goes with leave them. Uh, yeah, I think it's a very brief refusal because she does end up saving them, but it's definitely there. It, this is the last vestige of sort of the L from the very beginning of the first book where she would have let those freshmen die. It's her last impulse, and this is sort of the first big step into her in coming into her savior role that she plays for the rest of this book. Okay, so for the mentor, I know that you've kind of subdivided it into her alliance and I think they all work to support her. My my primary problem with it is, A, is that it is three people instead of one, because I don't think any one person does a good enough job. And the other problem is, is that even at this point in the journey, they are 
substantially below her in many ways that matter and as far as the outcome of the survival of of the of the people of the children of the scolomans so i think the important thing that they're more advanced than her in is their social skills and empathy kind of so to to phrase zach's argument a little bit differently i think audio definitely does the most mentor style talk of get over yourself you need to right this is who the role you're going to be feeling you need to do it this way and chloe definitely gives the best gift of the power sharer i'm a little bit torn on the fact that those are two very distinct people i think really looking at the alliance together can help it's not galadriel being mentored by one person because like zach said everyone in here is a senior they're all Okay, so they're all 18. So the alliance together provides different aspects of that mentoring. But I think we could look at the alliance as the mentor. Well, it may be setting a dangerous precedent, but I will accept our alliance of three as each one part of a mentor coming together as a whole to teach Elle all that she needs to know to be the hero she's destined to be. Now, as far as the crossing of the threshold... Orion telling her that Mal are only attacking her and those around her. It is kind of a realization, but it doesn't change what's happening. It's not like her real, if, if anything, the realization of it is it helps her, not hinders her. I mean, it does help her identify that she's on a quest. I'm not sure what we're getting at here with the helping versus hindering. I think, I think that this is a very good point for her to realize like this is not a normal year this is not what the school normally does because typically a lot of mouths are going to be attacking a lot of people but in this case it, this is where she starts to realize the school is sending her a message i guess what i'm trying to get at is that the rules are known to her once they get ex explained to her it's so she knows the limits of what's going on she's the one who's being targeted and it becomes less dangerous than it was previous because now her and her allies can prepare in such a way knowing that she's the target. She gets the power share from Chloe after the conversation with Orion, yeah. right? It, it goes, conversation with Orion, and then she's like, I better do something about this. Yeah. And, and she goes and to would uh, you not... Chloe, and they, there's the beanbag thing. Right. So if she has the conversation and her response is, I've got to do something about that, does that not feel like crossing a threshold to you, Zach? Isn't it like explicitly dangerous to L because oh, yeah. all the things are attacking her? Yeah, and... but it was already explicitly dangerous to her, is the point I'm getting at. It's not like But the, the difference is that it's only attacking her now. No, it was always only attacking her now. But what do you mean? In the okay, last okay, book? let me let me let me let me because I can see what Roger going down. You're saying Orion's telling her of the situation is the threshold. But since the book starts, she is the oh, only target. Gotcha. I don't so, think she knew that and that realization. No, she doesn't know it, but that right, doesn't yeah. mean she's not the only one in danger. The realization is what tells her that this year is different. Something different is happening. And that's what gets her thinking down the path of maybe the school is sending me a message. That doesn't come right away, but this is the first instance of, hey, this year is different than the year before and the year before that and the year before that all the way to the founding of the school of Mance. i agree with half of what you said the problem i have is that her realization yes of the school is sending her a message but this isn't what tells her the school is sending her a message 
It's not until completely in the future that she looks back and sees this as an indication that messages were trying to get through to her and she missed them. No, she she thinks this is a message. She just gets the message wrong. She thinks the school is trying to kill me because... I'm I'm, I'm stopping and getting its mana. Yeah. Yeah, You're right. She's getting the message wrong as opposed to not getting the message. Which... I think I'm fine with, because as you said, eventually, once she has further context, this ends up being what she looks back on as part of her final realization that the school wants her to be a hero. All right, so, and then for our Bailey of the Whale, you have midterms. I feel like there is some worry there, but it almost immediately proves inconsequential, both to her and to the majority of the people that she's with. In fact, it proves a particular boon to her, because... Uh, she's able to then do the healing circle and that pulls in some of the people who were kind of ostracizing her even though she was showcasing a higher power level. And on top of that, I feel like the big realization and final thing that pushes her comes much later, unfortunately, with her decision to act when she makes the realization that her plan has been to save everyone all along. Okay. She admits to herself. Yeah, I realize those points and I think I like that I hope I get some later points by letting this one slide. That is going to close us out on our departure with just that belly of the whale missing, putting Elle tragically off to a good start on her road to being a full-fledged hero. Learning that the most valuable thing of all was friendship all along, we come to our initiation. Friendship and teamwork are definitely going to be relevant on this road of trials. I think Elle's first trial is just learning to work with her alliance and that group of alliances, the three alliances together, to get through those first couple uh, runs through the obstacle course. In this, I just want to focus on Elle learning to work with a team and not just by herself, because even though she started to make this alliance end of the last book, I think that learning to work with the team is still something she struggles with. And everybody notes that. Adea and Lou both note that. Chloe notes it as well. Even though she's powerful, she's not working with the team to best use her resources. The next step on the road of trials is Elle learning to work with her year as a whole. And this happens when the obstacle course becomes too difficult for anyone to get past except for Elle um, when she's working with them. So... I think this is when she starts to run the different trials with a whole group of people. They try and break up the um, the break up the year into their language groups to run this trial to kind of capstone this trial of L working with her year. I think this is when the second assassination attempt happens. The students from Shanghai try and kill L and Orion when they are on a picnic. And this is what finally convinces everyone, at least in her year, that she's not out to get anyone, that she's actually working to get everyone together. I think that's a good capstone, as after that happens, all of the, well, a lot of the students start coming to those group run trials through the obstacle course. And the the final road of trials is when Galadriel starts to work with the whole school to come up with a plan to protect them. And this is a big trial for her because she's developing the plan, working with a song, working with a group of people, and now really delegating responsibilities to Liesl, to Lou, to Adea, to a whole different group of people 
uh, and not just trying to take everything on herself like she was even at the beginning when she was just learning to work with her team. For a meeting with a higher power, I would have looked to Kanas. He's one of the Enclave students who is in L's group of alliances. And he helps her realize by kind of arguing with her and pushing her that she can and should try and save the other students at graduation. There's a nice moment when Kanas is asking her, do you think you can save everyone? You have to know you can't save everyone. And this really solidifies L to say, no, look, I am going to save everyone. For Attemptress, I think this is L's uh, kind of thoughts about reducing her focus. Only focus on getting her team out and her allies out. Um, and it takes a while for her to spread these ideas to saving other people, to saving people she's just acquaintances with, people she's um, friends with, to people that she barely knows or hasn't even really talked to because they're in a whole different language track. There's also a small temptation uh, to lie to the seniors after she goes down and sees the empty graduation hall. But I think that the, the reducing her focus to just saving other people, um, sorry, I think reducing her focus to just saving her friends is the stronger temptress here. For an atonement with the creator, this in my mind is when the school takes Elle down to the graduation hall and shows her that it is empty. And this helps Elle come to that realization that we've been talking about where she realizes the school isn't trying to get her to be about Fiesa. The school is trying to get her to realize that she can save everyone as that's its purpose and that's also her purpose. So really forcing her to strive now fully to save everyone, not just her alliance or not, or even not just her year um, is that moment of atonement because that's what the school is going for as well. For apotheosis, I think this is when they devise the plan to lure the mouths into the school and keep them trapped in there. The realization occurs with many students, but the plan only really works with Elle and her realizing that she already has the perfect solution to killing all of the mouths, a super volcano spell that she accidentally created herself. And for the ultimate boon, this is everyone in the school working together to get the plan to function. Um, I kind of already mentioned that on the Road of Trials, but the capstone for this is obviously the actual escape and the the school functioning together to get everyone out until just Orion and L are left in the school events. For your road of trials, the broadening of her scope is fine. I don't know that they are particularly different, right? That the lesson that she keeps learning the same lesson over and over. It's just the lesson scope broadens by one magnitude each time right so she's so it's not like she's developing much as a person she's just broadening the scope of her caring and her attention so you're saying she's growing through each trial no she's barely <laughs> growing in one aspect of who she is as opposed to three separate aspects to become a different person i think you're kind of wrong there so for the the first one learning to work with her team yes that's just purely learning to do teamwork but then learning to help her whole year, work with her whole year, is also learning some empathy um, to help with her realizing that she can help other people, not just people who she is friends or acquaintances with, people she's not even talked to. 
and then working with a whole school, it's planning for the future and also delegating, kind of realizing that she can't do everything herself. So while all of those are aspects of working with the team, I think that they're all different aspects of that and different aspects of looking out for other people. Yeah, I will say the only thing that makes me a, a little sad is that a lot of the cool stuff that comes out of what I would call what what you have labeled as her her year related trials, all that teamwork basically in the end only boils down to a handful of people using a shield spell during the big finale. I wish they'd gotten to use she'd found a way to work more of the seniors working together into being part of the success. Uh, in my mind, a lot of seniors exited those exit portals and had to <laughs> fight off some mouths that were still struggling to get through. So. I mean, she she throws some crumbs in, right? She talks about how the seniors are jumping out of line to protect the herd as a whole, but I just I wish it had been bigger. I think it's one of the limits of the first person narrative. We can't really jump around to see some of our other senior friends as they hop through the portals. So for your final power, uh, Connus at most provides a little bit of an aha moment that is really only an aha moment to everybody but L, because L had already decided that she was going to be saving everybody. She just thought it was crazy to say it out loud. So really the realization is being provided to everybody else, not herself. And he is several magnitudes below her on almost every power scale. Um, so Wait, are you saying that the Enclavers aren't the most powerful people? <laughs> wow, it's almost like that was the point of the book. Yeah, so I think it's correct. Elle had had thoughts of saving everyone before, but this saying it out loud really, I think, solidifies that. It, it crystallizes it now because she can't back away from it. She's kind of... Oh, you cut out she solidified it and then you went all robot-y. Okay. Um, she solidified it when she said, you know... She said it out loud. She crystallized it. Um, she can't back away from it now. She's kind of too proud and was kind of already thinking along those lines. And now that she said it out loud, she's not going to back away from it. So he, he does help her get to that realization, I think, a little bit. So you're saying he's such a dick that he boxes her into putting her money where her mouth is. Yep. I got to I gotta double check with you, Alex. Do you, do you really feel that meets our requirement for the higher power? Uh... Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think he does give her some items that crystallization moment that are going to be helpful in the future. I, I applaud you for sticking by your guns. Uh, I think he doesn't quite make the cutoff for me. That's okay. He's, He's a higher power in my him. mind. Not really. When you, when you build your shrine, to <laughs> not Connor, really. I you will remember that. <laughs> so for your temptress, you have her narrowing her focus onto her teammates the the problem i have with that is fairly quickly uh they move beyond that right after they start doing the runs for the first time and they uh, I, don't, I think it's chloe well one of them calls in i don't remember it might have been uh adia but calls in two other groups to run their flanks they're already starting to expand their group and after that point 
there is not an instance in which the amount of people she is electing to protect ever shrinks. There are two. The big one, Zach, is she has a distinct moment of temptation when she steps down into the graduation hall, and we as the reader think that she's seen it full of monsters or maybe a giant patience or fortitude, and then it's revealed to us that it's empty, and she has a massive temptation, not not even the one to lie to the seniors, just to leave. She does have that temptation to leave. I don't disagree with that, but I think it is fairly isolated, and I think she even admits to herself while she's being tempted, she goes, man, I could leave, but then I wouldn't have graduated, and then I don't know, all really bad stuff would happen to me. She realizes right away that A, it would be a bad idea for her to do, and B, it would be a bad idea for all the people she's leaving behind, but I don't know if it's, it's not... It's not a reduction of her focus. It's just a me thing. Yeah, but it, it is a very explicit temptation to the point where the character vocalizes that to us as the readers. I am tempted to leave. It would be a bad idea. But God, it's right there. <laughs> I could be home in my mother's arms in one step. And reducing her focus could be off reducing the focus all the way down to just herself. Instead of, I view them as two different types of temptations. But uh, well, even focusing on uh, <laughs> focusing, sorry, even just uh, our single isolated moment, I think it's hard to argue that she isn't suffering from a massive temptation there. For your atonement with the creator, I when even when I was reading the book, I was like, I hope Alex makes the school her creator because it better be, <laughs> and. I really like, there's a one moment in the book where she talks about the school's um, intelligence and, and, and personification. It's right at the beginning when she's doing her schedule. She goes, the school's not really alive, but it's also not not alive. Yeah. And she talks about how trying to trick it will, will come back and, and harm you. But I think, and she doesn't outright say it, but I got the feeling that the the school was more actively alive than I even thought it was for all of book one and, and at least a significant portion of book two. Um, I think the scene that cemented it for me was when uh, she's doing the grand reveal of the graduation hall being empty and how they have to save everybody now. And then like the library turns into a theater and all the lights point down at the table. And yeah, like, at that point I went, all right, he's not the school's not a particularly subtle live <laughs> entity. <laughs> yeah, I think um, that's one of my favorite parts of this series is it works and interacts with everybody. It's a really cool concept. Now, is the school a dick though? Because it is also trying to kill people. Like, and by that I mean starving well, the people who don't help. But we have proof that the school is a construct, right? It has its mission. And it's am it's amoral in the accomplishment of its mission, which is why it allowed the Enclave system to exist. It cares about saving the most kids, not the most deserving kids. It raises questions about why it lets you cheat as well, but not everything adds up perfectly. But on top of that, I know it's very close together with our atonement with the creator, but I 
I'm curious why you didn't go for the school is very much alive and very much wants me to save everyone, not kill every not right that the school is with her, not against her, isn't the apotheosis for you, Alex? Okay, so it's because the whole time Ella has thought the school's trying to send her a message. She's she can't figure out really what the message is until she goes down to the graduation hall and she realizes it's not trying to get me to save my year. It's not trying to get me to be a malfeasor. It's not trying to get me to do anything except fulfill its mission, which is to save as many people as possible. So that's where the understanding occurs. When Elle realizes what message, message the school has been trying to send her, and that only occurs when she's actually down in the graduation hall. See, the, right. what I, everything you just said, Alex, I feel like just agreed with Jack and yeah. countered your point. Because so that 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 sounded to me like you just described a big massive realization. Because I don't think there is the the I think the plan could have been any plan, right? As far as the school is concerned, the school doesn't want to be filled with mouths and sent off into the darkness. But nobody can come up with a better plan, so that becomes the plan. Hmm. Whereas it's not like everyone's like, "Aha! This is the thing that will save us," and everyone goes immediately, "Yes, that's perfect." Most people don't even like the plan while they're doing the plan. Hey, by the end of it, most of them are on board except for that one bitch. <laughs> Not that she was wrong, though. Could you imagine if you were uh, the author's friend and she used your name for that? Like, called the fuck out. No, I bet she, like, went into her past. She's like, this girl picked on me in elementary school. That, that girl. That's the kind of girl who'd be like, peace, y'all. We're not actually doing the plan to save the world. We out. No, it's not even, no, keep in mind, it's not saving the world. Humans, uh, magicians have been going on for long enough. It's to save children. It's, Far less noble. It's, it's kind of functionally saving the world. Preventing eight out of ten wizard children deaths preserves the magical I, I, world. I think it goes down. I think it was seven. Uh, anyway. I thought they said it was going to be down to like two in ten deaths compared to the... no you was a it was a you have a 50 50 chance of living instead in the skull of, of instead of a no it, what's happening oh yeah yeah you're right is that when when you if you still if you live in the outside world you only have a 50 percent chance of dying instead of a 80 percent chance of dying or 90 percent chance. but they end up doing better than they thought they think that they're going to pull in like half the mouths of the world and she's pretty convinced at the end that they got all of them at the end of the day i think we all realize that while this this is essentially taking all the the wizards are assholes and gonna make more yeah it's not even the making them i think the if if my understanding is correct that a lot of the mouths while created by malfeasance some are just created by a byproduct of this magic system yeah it's not a hundred percent clear for like the eldritch ones, the psionic ones, and the mall mouths. Yeah. I mean, they talk about, hey, we can make a mal, and then that made me realize, oh, they probably have most of some, at least a large portion of these mouths originally were created. But we're, we're getting off topic, though. Yeah. Uh, Alex, you, Zach, and I are both convinced that you laid out a very good apotheosis while arguing against that moment as an apotheosis. Do you have a rebuttal? Uh, no. I don't. You made me realize what I was doing after I did it. Apotheosis awarded retroactively. All right, and then we come to our ultimate boon, which is I like that 
you made it everyone working together on the plan. But I don't know necessarily that everyone was required to work together in order for it to succeed. The plan, the plan succeeds, I would say, 99%. And as far as everybody else is convinced, the, the plan essentially uh, succeeded because I don't think anybody else expected her and Orion to live. But everyone knew that they were the most likely two casualties. And, and they were all kind of okay with that. Yes, but I also they aren't aware of the of the mal the the mega mom mouth, so maybe they thought by the end of the thing that everyone was going to get out. But and the, the also the interesting thing is, I guess we'll talk. We can talk about this at the end. But they're gonna we're gonna have to at least see in the beginning of the next book. Everybody else saw her and Orion alive, so they can only take her word for it. Oh that, yeah, she's gonna be ostracized as fuck or something. That's like they, maybe they think that they he she killed him or whatever. Also, I'm still convinced that Orion just was an idiot. I'm pretty sure they had time. Yeah, it's not a hundred percent the ultimate boon I would have loved, but given what we know, the constraints of the story end up being. I I think I'm good with this one. Same. We'll talk about it. Uh, that is going to close us out on our initiation with, once again, only a single point missing. Conus uh, did not qualify as a higher power, but L is right on track to knock this out of the park. The Skullamance is doing its job. I'm sure there won't be any hiccups moving forward. Never. Once again, facing our greatest fear that makes us vomit every time we even really think about it, we come to our return. Jack, really, what is... The greatest fear, but fear of fear. Of fear itself. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go with being trapped in an eternity, being dissolved slowly while screaming. So that is really what our refusal of the return is. It's L's fear of this new giant maw mouth that is a combination of patience and fortitude, or fortitude and patience. Who cares? Yeah, thinking that, hey, you know what? Even though I got everyone out of the school, I might not have actually saved them if this thing gets through the portal. The magic flight for her is getting pushed through the portal by Orion. Unfortunate, but true. The rescue from without, I think, is a little bit earlier. This is Alfie, the London Enclaver, who has the amazing shield spell, protecting the students, also Galadriel, from the Mile who are coming through the portal uh, and... Kind of like directing them away while leaving the a tunnel for the students to run through. For a crossing of the return threshold is the gift, uh, the information, which is all the other kids she sent back already. And that information that, hey, we got a ton of mouths trapped, a ton of big, powerful mouths trapped and shot off into the void in the school immense. For a master of two worlds, L remains a powerful magician, one of the most powerful magicians that we know of. And she's also developed her friendships and social skills. She's focused on her, let's say, profession in the powerful magician and her personal life in the friendships that she's developed with her alliance and others throughout the School of Mance. And for her freedom to live, she's out of the School of Mance. She is free to go wherever she wants to do whatever she wants. Maybe even go back to the School of Mance and save Orion. I'm including it here. <laughs> Let me have this. <laughs> With the refusal of the return, I don't know that it's not death, 
right? Because sometimes we use death as the refusal, but it's it's not it's not a willingness to die. It's the sense of like futility. She's done all of this thing. She's worked so hard to get everyone out, and then there's this creature that could break through the shield, break through the portal, get into the world, and undo the work that she's done here. Because by itself, it's so ravenous that uh, I think she says, like, it'll just continue to go hunt, break down enclaves. I think that's slightly infantilizing the wizarding community outside of the school who have some hundreds of years of experience. How many people have killed a mallmouth, Zach? Two. And how many of them are currently alive? Yeah, but that, is that really for lack yeah. of... How is that for lack of the entire world coming together and saying, fuck this one thing? But, uh, because every other time they've tried that, they've died. And we've already proven that the Enclaves will basically let each other get eaten. You can argue that she might be wrong, but it is definitely... I agree with Alex. It's definitely her thought is that I've accomplished this. We're going to make it. I've got everything done. Oh God, was it all pointless? I'm going to die fighting this thing. And then still lose as it gets out. Yeah. Is the getting out because isn't she supposed to be sending it into the void? These things can travel the void? No, it's the spells got right T minus 10 seconds and she's She's 100% convinced that if she drops the portal to step through, the shield to step through, when she steps through, it it's big enough and powerful enough that it'll get, right, it'll follow her. And so, the right, it'll be out. And See, what Orion isn't thinking. So, so Orion's thing is, I don't have to win, I just have to last 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah. which is what he thought earlier as well. <laughs> the magical flight, I don't... You, I don't think a you can have the magical flight and the crossing of the turn threshold be the exact same millisecond. Uh, more importantly, I would like to argue that the magical flight hasn't finished. We can only determine. Yeah, she may pop magical... up inside of a new mom out. You don't know. We cannot. Oh, Jesus, you're right. It doesn't end on. <laughs> and then he, I went and checked, and then he it's pushed shot. me through the portal. Oh. Cut to black. Uh... We have not seen the end of her. Ways. So I will be leaving that on undecided, even if we can all guess that she probably just wakes up in Wales. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> okay. So, and then your rescue from without. I actually don't like Alfie's shield here, only because I don't think while I agree that it is helping the boon, I don't think it's... So we know that Elle can already cast that spell by herself because she's done and it better. before. But... You have to remember what what she's doing, why she can't cast that spell. She's casting the spell to draw the mouths in, right? She's the honeypot. She can't stop being the honeypot or the plan stops working. Somebody else has to save the plan. Well, she I, does stop. She can stop being the honeypot. They said specifically that they had a thing in place that if she stops being the honeypot, the the the, the no 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 there's a there's a backup for everyone except her is what no stated. they they say there's a look that she gave her at, at any point that she if she had to stop singing that the the flute the, the loudest oh that they could keep it going for like a minute but she'd have to come back and sing again yeah yeah I don't know why you and I are disagreeing so much Zach I actually agree with you I think I think it's meant to be Alfie. 
I think that's what the author is probably going for because it's meant to represent her victory that all the other students are coming together selflessly. But for me, it's hard to argue against Orion who is directly saving her and everyone. Yeah, I guess my primary problem with the crossing of the return threshold, Alex, is that we don't actually see what she's returning to. We can make many assumptions, um, but we also, even if we assume that she's going back to Wales and her mom is there and, and they drink a cup of tea and, and talk about yoga, that there is a lot of what ifs that are now uh, in her life that we didn't even think she was going to have five minutes beforehand which I think also we'll be talking about when we get to freedom to live, but. Yeah, I think for the crossing the trend threshold, we don't have to focus on Orion, I think. I mean, we're going to talk about it, but getting the rest of the students through the portal and that knowledge that, hey, students are safe, at least as far as I know. And the assumption I think everyone has at the end of this book is Collegials pushed through the portal and then Orion is able to hold off patient's fortitude for a couple seconds, whatever long, how long it takes. So the kids are safe now. And that's, I think, the important part. She's back to the real world and she's back to the world where kids are safe and that knowledge is being spread to everyone. My question for you, Alex, is that because this book ends on a, a big blank that we uh, once again are assuming is her safe, uh, but could very well once again be her getting eaten by a mom at the moment. <laughs> Book three could just be a thousand pages of the word ah written over and over again. Um, do you think we would award this as a crossing the turn threshold if she died? If she never made it out, do we do we accept that having accomplished her mission and established a better world? If we if we panned to that as a like epilogue written from orion's perspective after she died i think i'd be willing to accept that so i, I don't I'm... actually i think in that instance i also wouldn't give it to her jack to answer your question i don't know if this is going to make it anymore but <laughs> if if we had a moment with l in the afterworld or in that like space between worlds that a lot of books do then yes but if it's just like dead flash to black orion 10 years later or months later writing a book when i don't know he's married Chloe. When, when he's marrying Chloe and having the kids that he didn't want to have, but Chloe yeah. always wanted to... Oh, wait, we're, we're bragging on the Hunger Games again. Um, okay, then I think a little bit like the Magical Flight, I'm going to leave this undecided. Uh, probably is a crossing of the return threshold, but we just don't know yet. For your hmm. master of two worlds, Alex, the powerful magician is undoubtedly true. I still don't think her social skills have developed to the point that she could be considered a master of them. I think she is greatly aided by the mentors and the people that they, she has brought around herself. But I think you would be hard pressed to call her a, even a master friend, let alone a, a master at social interactions. She, it's not mastering like, Oh my God, she's, She's the perfect socialite, bubbly person. It's developing those friendships and close friendships and having people to work with, to talk to. She gets phone numbers and she's making promises to call someone. She doesn't even have a phone. She's like... Okay. Just because she started at zero doesn't mean that, you know, having... How do you define a perfect friend? 
Well, I often point to myself and then move on. Elle's hey. pointing to herself, saying she's a good friend now. Then. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like no. I want. But she's not. But Alex, she's not pointing at me, and that's the criteria. Yeah, therefore, you, I'm not saying she hasn't greatly improved because she obviously has. I just don't feel like she is as good as you know. When I think of a master, I think of even if we use it in the context of just the scholomancy, there are. N- I would say dozens and dozens and dozens, hundreds of people who are better at it than she is, but at the end of the book. And therefore I find it difficult that, to say, well, yes, she has improved. She has, she, she is not a master of this field. Like she is in the magic. I think, I think she's mastered it as much as is possible for her. I don't see her like working to become a better friend in the next book. I might be wrong. That the girl who wants to devote her life to wandering community to community. Yeah, I think, I think you're missing the bar there because she's, I think, if anything, in the next book, we're going to have to see her develop it further by traveling and like making commitments and like going so far above that she's going to try to pull these. My, my guess is, and I kind of, kind of like, wait, kind of like what she did to bring the whole school together and save all everyone the well, people were saving so themselves I'm, while they were saving everyone what what whereas are you? in the next book they're going to be have to putting themselves needlessly at risk to save someone who they otherwise would would not have to save what i think might be a more interesting angle to tackle and again we do get to see other characters play similar roles but we've started with a character that basically had a mastery over her power more or less right she's known that she is destined to be evil incarnate of awesome power if she ever reaches for it and so she's learned to control that and balance it and use it the way that she wants but i feel like she's also has achieved sort of maybe maybe friendship and social skills isn't the best way of defining it but at this point in line with alex's thoughts i think she has sort of taken on a mastery of leading and authority something that she did not have in the slightest at the beginning and she's now commanded a school she's had help and support and she's had lethal lethal who might be undermining her a little bit but i do feel that she might have attained what you or i would consider a mastery of leadership see and that i guess boils it down jack to the root of my problem is that i feel like even in the instances where which we're trying to use as a showcase for her mastery she is being built up and supported by so many individuals that it is not a her effort. It is a, you know, least I think without Liesel, this plan does not happen and everybody dies. So she's you can't delegating that part to Liesel, right? Like I think you're right. With the most begrudgingness ever. She even is, is it is it is it delegating if it gets delegated before you assign it? <laughs> yeah, it's getting done for her. I I think the rousing speech that she gives in the right. I also don't, regardless of her magician or her power side. I don't know if this plan happens without L rallying the school the way that she does by originally forcing, threatening to kill them all. Well, a little bit, but I was thinking more the speech in the library. <laughs> oh, you didn't mean the the mutual destruction. No, no, not the. Thing. If you all don't behave yourselves, I will blow kill this everyone. school up. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I, I I missed that in my leadership courses 101 to 401. Uh, we 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 may ultimately disagree on this, but I I do think that 
she has mastered that aspect of things. Well, that just leaves us, I guess, with the freedom to live, which I, I, at the core of my being, disagree that the, uh, the obligation to save her love is, but the obligation to save her love gives her a choice on whether or not to save him, giving her a freedom. Also disagree with the core of my being, but if the next book opens with, and then Orion was dead, and here's what I did with the rest of my life, it's... I I don't think I would finish the book if I opened it, if that was the opening line. I think I would just... I live Stop. by what? What if it? What if there's like a ten year time jump? Maybe that would be okay. So, well, I think there is a lot of interesting discussion around it. I I do think the fact that much like ourselves, uh, Galadriel won't ever have any resolution about Orion's fate at the moment. That is question is enough to act as an influence on the rest of her life, and that's going to bring us to a close on our return with two undecideds in that magical flight and crossing of the turn threshold pending uh the start of the next book and a no on the freedom to live because as much as i would like to entertain thoughts of what if the series just ended here and we accepted this as a freedom uh in good conscience we all know that the next book is going to be about saving orion saving private orion anyway <laughs> that is going to bring our final score to 12 out of 17 putting l into our modern hero, and if those last two points get added retroactively, she will be very firmly in our modern hero category. So, good job, Elle. The Skullabance has really turned you around. Coming in on our closing thoughts, um, I'm a sucker for YA. Uh, that said, well, I enjoyed this book a lot, I think I liked it less than the first, which may have come across throughout this uh, discussion. I thought that from a, if you wrote them all down for me, I probably would tell you that I like all the twists that were twists on last book's story that this book ran with. But ultimately, in execution, I felt like they watered down both the school and L, and I'm still kind of mad that it felt like Orion got sidelined for most of this book. Yeah, kind of similar to Jack. I still think this book is good, but I definitely didn't enjoy it as much as um, A Deadly Education. I think there were a lot more of the YA tropes that I don't like with L, especially, I think, early on in the book, saying, you know, I was this, but really I wasn't, I was that. And really that wasn't even true. I was this other thing. And just her her thoughts are kind of like racing all over the place. And I know that's like a realistic thing, but I, it's not something I enjoy in the book. I don't need Elle to state that she was thinking one thing, but really thinking another and really, really thinking a third thing. It's just not, not enjoyable to me. And I think originally when I read A Deadly Education, I thought it was a duology. I don't know why or where I got that from, but I, I did think that. I it's because on Amazon, book. when you clicked on The Last Graduate, it said book two of two. Okay, that's fair. So I think this book could have been the end of the series, and I think I might have enjoyed that better. Uh, we'll see with the third book. I'm not giving up hope, but I could easily see a, a scenario where similar things happened. Uh, Ryan and L. We're faced with patience, uh, fortitude combo, and 
were able to beat it, get away, and the story ends with them saying, hey, we're going to go around and found all these mini enclaves and hunt monsters for fun, and I would have felt totally satisfied. So I'm not giving up on the series, but I have some reservations going into the third book in a totally different setting, a setting away from what I loved, um, and already going into some YA tropes that I don't like particularly. Yeah, like my two co-hosts here, I I enjoyed the book. Esteemed co-hosts? Mostly for what it was. There, there were several overall themes that I or add-ins that I didn't enjoy this much this time around. I, I could have done without the mouse. Um, I could have done without Orion feeling like a wet washcloth the whole book. I... It could have done without necessarily rehashing the. It seems like they transferred some of the enclave versus others to regional kind of confrontations, re, re, geopolitical ones, which, while made sense, felt somewhat forced from a group of children who are essentially uh, their lives are on the line. I guess it felt kind of Lord of the Flies y, um, at least in the realm thereof. But to Alex's point in his wrap-up, if this had been a duology, my, and this may still end up being the ending of book three, and so I don't discredit it, but I think in my perfect world, the ending of this series closes where in completing whatever final task was required by Orion and L working together, they both burn so bright that they are forever dimmed, and therefore L is you know, not a pushover, but not even close to being the most powerful kid on the block. And Orion, the same way. They end up pushing themselves beyond their actual limits, and therefore, while still being capable of maybe going around and founding these enclaves, they burn themselves so bright that they are now not as useful to the rest of the wizarding world, and therefore are allowed to live their lives in peace, as opposed to being coveted as as objects of of power by other wizards. And I think that option still exists, but um, it, it would have been, I think, equally f- fine to use patience and endurance here in this last moment and then have them step through the portal together in that condition. Thank you so much for joining us. If you've been enjoying Hero's Journey, don't forget to leave us a review wherever you get your podcast from and hit that subscribe bell button, whatever it may be, in order to get notifications on new content. We also have our Discord going with a link in the show notes to follow if you want to come hang out and chat about books, which, if you're listening to this podcast, is probably something you love to do. As always, I have been your host and judge, Jack. This is Alex. And I'm Zach. And join us next week when we'll be headed back to Scadrill for The Alloy of Law, the first book in the Wax and Wayne Quadrilogy by Brandon Sanderson. Hi, and welcome to A Hero's Journey, a podcast where we definitely do our homework. I don't need to have read the points beforehand. That is a <laughs> not part of the staff. I need to come in with a fresh face. I think that's my job, but anyway. Um... <laughs>